In this episode of Lore Club, we talk about the Arathi Massacre, the War of the Thorns, and we finally figure out why Sylvanas burned down the World Tree of Teldrassil. Welcome to Lore Club, your World of Warcraft community podcast for stories, theories, and everything else in between. And now, here is your host, Kai Sharky Boy. Hello, and welcome to the Lore Club, Episode 3, The Turbulent Mind of an Unethical War Chief, Part 3. Welcome to our final leg of our journey into Sylvanas' psyche. Last time we were here, we discussed about Sylvanas' veiled siege of Gilneas shaped her tactics on the battlefield, her rise to power, and the council she started to keep her people under control through a facade of democracy. We are starting today at what was supposed to be a heartwarming reunion of the two different human-slash-forsaken cousins, but turned into a bloody massacre. We will also get to see her own downward spiral even further towards her genocidal behavior towards the Alliance and to those who betrayed her. So now, let us journey forth towards Sylvanas' mind and how her dark reign over the Horde truly began. So, in our last episode, we discussed how Artemis Fowler and Kalia Menifil arranged this meeting in Stromgard as a sign for peace among the humans of Stormwind and the Forsaken of Lordaeron. Although, there were some other motivations behind this meeting. You see, Kalia Menifil was the only true royal survivor of the undead plague that reached Lordaeron. With this in mind, through technical legal loopholes, she is still the rightful queen of the city of Lordaeron. Of course, since Sylvanas took over the kingdom after Arthas' departure, no one knew that there was still a living heir to the throne of said kingdom. If Kalia came to this meeting in Stromgard, she would be in danger. Despite this, she decided to attend the meeting anyway to possibly persuade the Forsaken to abandon their queen and join the Alliance. Unfortunately, her fears were a reality. Through Sylvanas' sharp red eyes, she spotted and recognized this queen, and assumed that she was there to convert her forsaken subjects, most of whom who were part of her council, over to the Alliance. In a fit of rage and betrayal, she blew the horn that was supposed to signal a retreat if retaliation was spotted, and then ordered her Dark Rangers to not shoot down any of the humans running away, but instead mow down on all the forsaken visitors running towards their safe spot. Now, you might be wondering, why would she shoot down her only subjects willing to retreat back to their leader? Well, before the Arathi massacre, there were swirling rumors that were going around that the council would defect from Sylvanas and start a civil war within their city to overthrow their leader. Of course, this wasn't really true, but her mistrust was so severe that she snuffed out anyone who even had a hint of suspicions of being a rebel against her horde. So as her safety plan to prevent anyone to rebel, she massacred the entire council, including the innocent Forsaken who just wanted to see their living relatives. But the Forsaken were not the only casualties in this massacre. While Kalia of Lordaeron was running to safety, she was shot down by Sylvanas herself, and died on the grassy fields of Arathi while Anduin held her in his trembling hands. This was the moment, the moment that Anduin knew that Sylvanas must pay for her crimes. Meanwhile, Azerite was discovered on the deserts of Silithus after the sword of Sargeras was plunged into the depths of the planet. 
With this discovery by the Goblins and by SI7, the Azerite Arms Race was in full swing. We will talk about the Azerite Arms Race in a future episode, but it's important to know that how this discovery caused the invasion of Darkshore and how it started the War of the Thorns. With this discovery, the Alliance and the Horde were using this new material to outdo each other in innovation and technology. New pieces of armor, weapons, potions, and all sorts of innovations start popping up everywhere, and with this paranoia of who will strike first started to escalate, it was only a matter of time when someone would start a war. After a few months of experimenting and creating weapons of mass destruction, Sylvanas decided it was time to launch of the invasion onto the world tree. Some Warcraft historians believe that the War of the Thorns was mostly motivated by the long-awaited genocide of the Kaldori. But that was actually false. The true reason why Sylvanas started this campaign was because she wanted to cut off the Alliance trade route in northern Kalandor by getting rid of the capital city of Darnassus. She knew that this was a very important port city for the Alliance to deliver their war goods and manpower to Kalandor. So if she can get rid of the city that supplied their allies in the forest and mountains of the region, then the Alliance's presence would be fully eliminated on the Horde's homeland. So, with a mighty army behind her, the War of the Thorns had finally made it underway. They started their march in Astinar, the night of settlement in Ashevale, and worked their way north. For three weeks, the march towards the World Tree was a slog of environmental destruction and heavy resistance from the Alliance. But alas, her dream of the burning tree came into realization. On the northern shore of Darkshore, and a single command to burn it all, Darnassus and most of its citizens were engulfed in flame. Thousands perished in the firestorm, many refugees were misplaced, and all that was left was a corpse of a world tree and the smug of an undead dictator. After this event, the champion of the orcs, High Warlord Saurfang, began to call out Sylvanas' foul play after he was forced to strike Archduid Malfurion in the back. This caused some tension between them, but it was not enough to have Saurfang killed. She needed him to keep the orcs in line, or risk another possible rebellion. So she reminded him of his position and continued on her campaign regardless of Saurfang's accusations. This in turn caused the Alliance to start a counterattack of the Undercity, forced Sylvanas to abandon Saurfang over to the 7th Legion, and nuke the entirety of the Undercity from existence. With her other Horde commanders on the run, and one of her leaders kept in the stockades of Stormwind, all that was left to say was why. Why did this have to happen? What was she thinking? Was this the right thing to do? Did she have a choice in the situation? Only time will tell what her actions over this campaign would pay off in the end. But her terror across the land had only begun. So now we're back into the beginning and asking why did she became this dictator of the Horde and burned down the World Tree? Now, Sylvanas is still out there in the lands of Zolzar and in the land of Kaltiris, but we will stop our journey here until we get to see her story in this expansion pans out. So now, let's discuss a few theories about how this came to be, and I have three of them. Now again, these are theories and not hard fact, so it's important to remember not to take this to heart. Also, I'm not a certified psychologist, so I do not have a solid background of analyzing psychological disorders. 
Of course, if you want to submit your own theory, or if you're a psychology student or a psychology professor who actually wants to bring in some insight into this, uh, then feel free to tweet me at KaiSharkyBoy or email me at thevoicefromchicago at gmail.com, and your submission might end up on a future episode. For now, though, let's explore some possible reasons why she did what she did. The first theory I had was considering about her family life. Way back in the first episode, I mentioned that her family was not really present throughout her living years. This in turn might be the root cause of why she had trust issues in the past and with her fellow horde throughout her career. Without a reliable network of people by her side during her formidable years, it's possible that she developed this mercenary complex to only look out for herself and use that determination to push her own agenda when she became leader of the Forsaken. The second theory is more medical-based, but I believe this has a strong possibility that this might be true. You remember that sword Frostmourne from the beginning of this trilogy? Well, not only was it Frostmourne that caused her soul and mind to be twisted, but other magical and chemical influences might have affected her brain chemistry. It's not only certain events or missing family members that can cause psychological disorders, but it can also be a neurological issue. With all these different metals being impaled into her, artificial resurrections, and, and the constant fumes from the chemistry lab below her throne, it could be possible that the chemicals being produced in her brain might have dictated her actions. Certain disorders like depression or schizophrenia has been known to be a chemical issue within the brain as it is with an issue with the past. I wish this had more merit to this theory, but medical reports from the Forsaken Physicians don't really exist, since all of her people are technically deceased before rising up again. Yet, I think it might be interesting to have something come up about the side effects of working with Blight. Maybe there could be a small side campaign on the Horde side about some of these Forsaken scientists started to be affected by the Blight that they were working on. Or there could be a, a horrific accident that might have caused some mutation of the blight that might affect the Forsaken as well. Of course, my third and final theory may not have the firepower to be valid, but I think it might be a neat one to explore. And that is PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder. This one's a bit of a stretch, but there might be some clues that this theory might be true. In certain scenes, when she gazed at Frostmourne in the Halls of Reflection, for example, that twinge of fear and possible flashbacks from when she was alive might have been triggered through looking at that sword. In fact, any mention of Arthas, or seeing a member of the Menethil family alive, did cause a violent response within her, like the one in the Arathi Massacre. Again, this may not hold up in certain situations, but sometimes you have to take a look back at like a certain story or situation and kind of think... Huh, this was caused because of a violent reaction to what Sylvanas saw. So it could be interesting to kind of look into this a little bit further. So in conclusion, is she unethical in her actions? Well, yeah, she's clearly guilty of those war crimes. But is she truly evil to everyone who is alive? Based on my opinion, no. What some people see as a dictator only bent on destroying the Alliance in an intense hellfire, I see a broken soul who was roped into a very bad situation. She didn't ask to be resurrected. She didn't ask to be the leader of the Forsaken or the Horde. She was just trying to make things right again, but ended up being a disorderly and guideless mess. 
This is a prime example of how undeath and disease can not only destroy human societies, but can cause so much suffering for those who just simply want to move on from their past. I'm not saying to sympathize with her or say that she did anything wrong, but it's important to see through her intentions to have a better understanding of leaders' actions and prevent disasters like the burning of Teldrassil from popping up again. She didn't want to make everyone suffer. She just wanted to make her people feel wanted as people, not as blight-inflicted monsters. I don't know what she would do moving forward in battle for Azeroth, or if she would succeed in her endeavors, but one thing is for certain. I believe someday soon she will finally pay for what she did, and finally ease her pain of undeath, to finally be able to rest in peace on her terms. Oh boy, that was quite the journey. I have to admit, this is actually my first time actually doing something like this in a podcast form, but I actually had a lot of fun researching this. Although for the next episode, we're going to actually do something a little bit more fun. And I'm, I actually want to thank you for actually joining me on this journey. I also like to thank some of the sources such as Wowipedia, as well as the Wow Wiki for providing the information for this. And also to some other sources known as Polygon for giving an insight about the whole situation of the burning of Teldrassil. Of course, this is the end of our trilogy, but don't worry. We'll be back with more interesting episodes. I'm Kai Sharky Boy, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Lore Club. If you want to see some updates, put in a suggestion for a new topic, or you just wanted to say hi, follow me at Kai Sharky Boy on Twitter. You can also find me at Cast and Call Club for any of your voiceover needs. And feel free to stop by by my website at sharkyboystudios.wordpress.com for blog updates and more. And remember, I'll see you soon.